What's up, everybody? I hope you're doing great, and I hope that you feel God's presence. You know, that's really our goal as a church, is we want to feel God's presence in a powerful way here in the sanctuary. And if you're watching online, thank you so much for taking the time to watch on a screen somewhere, whatever time of the day it is. We just hope that you feel God's presence and you're a part of us and who we are. And so I know we just are excited about what God is doing. And so anytime you go and try something new, maybe you try a new restaurant and you like it, you let people know about it. And so I just want to invite you to bring somebody with you next time. You know, for us as a church, we're constantly trying to grow as a, uh, in, 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 in our church and who we are. And so if there's a seat next to you that's empty, man, I, I just would encourage you, there's probably somebody that needs to be in that seat and you just might know them. And so we use the word bring on purpose. Because it's easy to invite people. You know, I invite strangers all the time, but there's times when I bring people with me. And so what, is it, what it is, it's like, hey, I'm going this Sunday. I'm going to first service or second service, and I want you to come with me. And so maybe they just, they're a little bit nervous about it, and I get it. And so you just tell them, like, hey, we'll sit in the back. It's dark. Nobody will see us. Like, it'll be okay. I promise there's no lightning that's going to come and strike you. You'll be all right. We'll make it. And so I just would encourage you to bring somebody with you. Because for us as a church, we are constantly trying to do powerful things in our community because really our, our vision is to transform the space coast with the radical love of Jesus and so what that means is for you and I to live that love out in our community and wear it out and show other people and so I just would encourage you with that and so if you're new to Grace Church maybe you've already recognized that we are a very outreach focused church even in our grand opening uh, the beginning of this month our, our first several big events were Others focused, you know, doing amazing things for schools and community, you know, to help those that are in need. That's our heart in who we are. So if you're looking for a church like that, you found it. And so we just would invite you to, to do that along with us. And, you know, right now we've got groups and, and, and team signups. And so if you're interested in a team, we would love to have you begin serving. Because as a church, that's what we're called to do, to serve each other. And then, gosh, you'll be looking, uh, be looking for a date coming in October because we're going to have what we call a serve day where we do specific community service projects uh, that are outwardly focused for us as a church because that's our heart. Uh, that's the Lord's heart for us as a church. So we do things here in our church for our people, and then we absolutely want to continue to do things for our community. So if you're looking for something to be a part of that's bigger than just you, you found it. And so we welcome you to be part of us and who we are and to serve and, and to get in a group. And, and so every time we do messages and sermon series, we always pray about what we need to do. And so for us, there's times we do topical series, like I just did a whole series on identity. And so there's times when we do book of the Bible series and we walk through scripture. You know, every single message is biblical and scriptural, but there's, time, there's times we focus specifically on certain books. And so I'm going to launch out on a new series starting this week. Uh, called wisdom and really what it is it's it's a study on the book of proverbs you know when 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 solomon became king he was like god you know i need your wisdom and so solomon is one of the main authors for that book so we're going to look at different aspects different verses different chapters and how it applies to our life in very very practical ways but what i want to do right now is i just want to pray uh, and would you pray with me and ask that the Lord would speak to us about wisdom this morning. And so, God, we come before you. And, Father, thank you so much for allowing us to come into your presence. It says in your word that we can come boldly before your throne. And, Lord, sometimes that's intimidating to us. It, it really causes us to have some trepidation. So, God, would you just give us your peace? Would you give us some comfort in our life right now that we would feel you, that we would experience you, that we would see you? Uh, God, because you are very wise and you're all-knowing, it says in your word. And so, Lord, we want to have this divine 
encounter with you regarding wisdom. So would you speak to us? Would you give us wisdom for our life? Because we need it. Lord, we want it. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Well, in laying out this series on Proverbs and really on wisdom, I picked a theme verse, uh, and it's in Proverbs chapter 4, verse 7. And it says this. It says, getting wisdom is the wisest thing that you can do. And whatever else you do, develop good judgment. So when, when you read a verse like that that says, hey, this is the best thing that you could ever do, we do it. And so having wisdom is number one. It's paramount in our life. And so we feel it's very important to have this in our life. And so we're going to continue to do it and extrapolate certain aspects of wisdom from Scripture and apply it to our lives. And so maybe for you, you're needing wisdom. You're wanting wisdom right now. Maybe you're thinking about a, a job, a job opportunity. Do you go after this or that? You're thinking about maybe living here or, or moving towns or cities. You know, those are big decisions that we want to make. Maybe you're deciding. Do I rent or do I buy a home? And so we want wisdom from above regarding that. Maybe you're, you're thinking about what dog to get. Maybe you're, you're, you're looking at expanding your family and getting a pet. And that's a big deal. It's a really big deal. You don't just adopt anything. Like you absolutely want the one that God has for you. And so, man, when you look at just life, getting divine wisdom is something we long for and desire if we're willing to see that. But if we're totally honest, if we look at our life, we are able to gain, to gain knowledge from a lot of different places. If you think about it, we can read books, we can go to conferences, we can watch videos, you can watch TED Talks, you can, you can subscribe to Reddit, and you know, it'll give you all this kind of information and knowledge in our head and intellect, but wisdom, it comes from the Lord. It comes from Him. And the thing that's interesting is wisdom can actually be seen in our life. You know, at times we have friends that we know, and, and they're pretty smart, and you recognize that. But, but when, when we live out a life that's wise, it will actually be evident. Other people will notice our decisions and how we live our life. And so that's just so important. And so that's really what we want. And so if I'm, if I'm able to say that, that wisdom is seen in our life, then it's also possible for me to say the opposite is true, and it's that foolishness can actually be seen in our life as well. And so I want to share a foolish Pastor Aaron story. Uh, so one of the things that I love to do just for me as, as a person, the way my personality works, I, I, I really am adventurous. Man, if you said that, that you, we were going to go and do this new fun thing, I would love it. I would jump on board and be like, let's go. We don't really know where the path takes, where it's going to lead, this mountain, that valley. It doesn't really matter. I'm in. Like, I love to be outdoors. And so one of the things that I enjoy doing is hunting. I just, I love hanging out with friends and spending time with them. It's just, it's just something I enjoy. And so several years ago, being a Floridian, I have this amazing opportunity to hunt alligators. I don't know if you hunt alligators or not. Some of you maybe do. Maybe you've heard of it before. And so when you talk about adventure and, and hunting and you, you, you mix it with alligators, boy, you, you found it. You know, because hunting like birds and stuff, like they probably won't attack you. And, but when you, when you mix in an alligator, there, there's a threat of danger. And I love that kind of stuff. Just, I know it's weird. It's odd. I get it. But, you know, I just, I, I was interested in it, tried it, and, and did it a few times. And, and so I want to share a story, though, 
because uh, I had taken a few buddies and, and we were trying to you know, hunt this particular area, but there was a bunch of reeds along the canal and it was really hard to get them because you kind of, you throw a snatch hook on them and you, and you, you get them with a, a line and you're reeling them in. And so what was happening was we were getting stuck in, in the reeds. And so I wanted to show you a picture. I got hooked on this alligator and, and I, to, to, to get over the reeds, what I did is I laid out my longboard, a, a surfboard, just, just a simple surfboard so I could walk out into where the alligator was, you know, and you can see the pole has been over, I think it was about a nine foot alligator. And so you can see the way the pole is bent. He literally is right underneath me of, uh, about where I'm standing. And so, and then this happens next. I fall in. Uh, a little bit of wobble, a little bit of shake, a little bit of pull, and psh, you know, there you go. And I'll tell you what, talk about being scared. Uh, and in that moment, uh, the, it was just, whew, man, my heart was, came out of my chest and it just was shocking. And, and so, gosh, it, when, you, when you're talking about wisdom and, and you're sharing a story about foolishness, here it is. I, I don't know if I could come up with a, a better story about a foolish decision than to walk out closer to where the alligator is potentially underneath you. And, hey, I'm going to be right on top of it. It just, it's not brilliant. And so there, there's probably some stories that you may have as well where, you know, hey, it, it just, things didn't work out or you made this decision for a, per, a, a, a specific reason. But when, when we look at scripture, you know, when we look at the Bible, we can actually look to God and ask him to give us wisdom. And the, and the Lord will reveal that through his word. But when, when we're looking for that we, and we receive it, it actually comes in our life when we apply it. So when we're walking out our life with the Lord, that's when wisdom is revealed. Because right now, in this day and age, there is an incredible amount of information. I'm sure you've noticed, we can find out just about anything, whether it's doing a web search or, or talking to our, our, our mobile device, we can find out an, an answer for just about anything. And right now, you know, they're doing, you know, increased space travel for just regular, regular people where we can go up into space and just kind of go there for a few minutes. Quantum computing, medical technologies, it just is astounding the amount of information and research and innovation that's taking place. And so really, when you look at almost any industry, there is growth and expansion in intellect and advancement. And I really feel that because of that, we get, the, we get to this place where we look at the Lord and we go, yeah, I know all this, so I don't really need you any longer. I don't know if you've done that. It's, it's possible that, that you've done that in your life. Maybe, maybe you've experienced others where we kind of look at God and we say, hey, I figured this out all on my own. I don't really need you anymore. And, and so really, that's an unfortunate place to be where our dependency is shifted from the Lord to ourselves because there's even a, a, where we, a, a time where we get to this place where we're even wanting to control God. Where we go, hey God, you know, that's great. I understand what you think you might want to do, but I don't need you. I want to do this on my own. And so we then take control back for all of our decisions. And here's the reality. That will never work out. Uh, because in our humanness, in our fallibility, and, and just, just in who we are, it, it never is going to work out in the end. It's not. Because we're going to reach a point where we can't do it. We can't take it anymore. We've reached the edge, and, and we cry out to the Lord. So there is that point 
where we look to him and we've got to have him in our life. And maybe you've experienced that already in your life. Maybe you haven't. Uh, But here's the reason of that. It's in Proverbs 26, verse 12. It says, there's more hope for fools than for people who think that they are wise. And so when you understand wisdom, a little bit of wisdom, because it's from above, actually goes a long way. And so as we dive into the book of Proverbs, Proverbs is broken up into a couple of different uh, areas where the first nine chapters really are, are all about gaining wisdom. It's like, hey, this is, this is wisdom. This is what it means. This is what it's all about. Uh, we have to understand the case for wisdom. And really specifically within those first nine chapters, uh, chapters five, six, and seven are kind of directed towards men. Uh, so if, if you're a gentleman, like I would encourage you to read those specifically for yourself. But then as you get into chapter 10 and beyond, that's where you get into the, like the Proverbs. Those are statements, those are sentences that are, that are set out. So there might be one particular verse, and it's about relationships. And then the next verse, it might be about money. And then the next one's about leadership. And then the next one's about raising your kids. And so it, it gets into these statements and sayings and Proverbs, really, that we can take for our life. And, and so in Proverbs, though, there are four different personalities And so what I want to do is I I pretty much wanted to use this first week to lay a foundation. I want to lay a foundation on these four different personalities because you're one of them. You've you've been maybe multiple of them at some point in time. And so the first one that I want to touch on is somebody that is is simple. And so what a simple person is, it's somebody that's naive. And basically what that is is they're clueless. They're a little bit ignorant. They just don't know. And so in Proverbs 7, 7, it says this, I saw some naive young men and one in particular who lacked common sense. And so we get that. It, it's just, you know, you, you don't have a lot of life experience. You're trying to figure things out, but you just don't really know. And the thing that's interesting is anytime you talk to a teenager, they actually think that they know it all. They figured it all out. I, my wife and I are parents of teenagers. If you've raised teenagers or have them all, or have them in your life, you know that that's very true, or maybe you in your life, you would admit to that. And so if you're an employer, the best employee that you could hire is probably a 17-year-old, isn't it? Because they know everything. Like, they've got it all figured out, so hire them, bring them on board. And, and, and that's so true about so many of us. We think we know what's best for our life. And, but how many times have you been heading in a certain direction, and there are friends around you going, what are you doing why are you doing that? Why are you connecting with them? Why are you making these types of life decisions? You know, and we say why. Like, I wanted to do this, or this is what I think is best. Because he said he loves me. Like, that's why. You know, and so there's always things. Or, you know, the famous last words. Hey, watch this. You know, it, and there's so many examples of this in our life. And so we need, we need great friendships, don't we? We need other people in our life that will tell us, like, hey, what in the world are you doing? And they'll kind of grab a, a hold of us. And so for us here at Grace Church, that's why we have connection groups. You know, it's to be in relationship and have friendships with others where we can talk and share life and, and the things that are going on. And we can just kind of uh, discuss our, our situation. And, and so because we feel like we're better together. So we need other people in our life that will share their wisdom and life experience with us. Because if, if you're a simple person, you're just naive. You just don't know. You don't know any better. Then there's the second type of person, and that's the fool, okay? And this person is talked about often in Proverbs, and, and what this is, is it's 
a person that knows better, but they actually choose not to do it. So it's, hey, I, I know what I should do. I know the decision I make, but I don't want to do that. That doesn't sound like fun. I don't, I don't want to get involved. I know I shouldn't do this. It's not good for me, but I'm going to do it anyway. Hey, I really should make this type of life change and adjustment. Ah, you know, I don't want to do that right now. And so, uh, it, it, and, you know, we recognize that. We, we've all made foolish decisions in our life. And, and so why do we do that? Have you ever thought about why? And so it's actually in Proverbs. It's Proverbs 10, 23. It says, doing wrong is fun for a fool, but living wisely brings pleasure to the sensible. And so let's be honest for just a moment. Sin is fun, right? Come on, let, let's be honest. I mean, doing things that are against God, things that we want to do and, and get involved, like it's fun. We enjoy it. And we even say, this is so much fun. I want to kind of live this for a little while. But it's fun for a little while, not for long term, because at some point in time, things start to go sideways. It comes back to bite us in living that lifestyle. And so maybe we know better, maybe we don't. And that's the understanding of the fool and the simple person. But there are times when we learn from our own mistakes. We make the mistake, we learn from it, we go, man, I need to make that adjustment. But sometimes we do those foolish things because we're hanging out with other people that are being a negative influence in our life. Maybe they are making foolish decisions and we jump on board with them and we spend time with them. And so this is what Proverbs says about that. It says, walk with the wise and become wise. Associate with fools and get in trouble. And so like I said, Pastor Nicole and I, we have, we have three sons. Uh, we have 19, 17, and, a t and almost 12. And so the, the older two, they're teenagers, love them so much. And, and they can attest every single time that they're going to go do something with somebody, most specifically, you know, Fridays and Saturdays, every single time, no fail, we always ask these same three questions. We say, hey, where are you going? Where, where are you going to be? Where are you going? And then we ask the simple thing, what are you going to be doing? If you're going to that place, what is it that you're going to be doing there? And then the third, maybe the most important one is who? Who are you going to be spending time with while you're in that place doing that thing? And because those of us that are adults, we all know, like we get it. Why, why do we ask that question? It's because all the dumb stuff that we have ever done, it usually it is involving somebody else, some other person. They either influenced us or we did them, and we go, that's a great idea. No, it's not, but we do it anyway. And so we're always influenced by the people around us. And so parents, is it okay for me to share another Pastor Aaron story that, that say, hey, he did this, but that doesn't mean that you should do that. Is it okay for me to share another one of those? Because I'm on a roll. Um, so while in college, I was very fortunate to be able to go to Oral Roberts University, uh, which is in Tulsa, Oklahoma, private Christian school, loved being there. I have friends that, that I went to school there with, and we still stay in contact. And we had these amazing, brilliant ideas. Uh, you know, and, and one of the times uh, we, we just, we, we had this great idea to, to do this prank, to do this fun thing. And so the way ORU works is, you know, th th there's obviously guide dorms and girl dorms. And so I, I was in a guide dorm. It had about eight stories in it. And then, and then there was this common area in between. So that was kind of the entry building. And then, you, you know, you kind of split off guys on this side, girls on that. And so the, the girls dorm was on the other side. And so from, from our room, you know, we had a balcony, a sliding glass door and a balcony. And, and so the girls dorm was 
I don't know, about 50 or 75 yards or so. So we had this great, brilliant idea to go into the cafeteria and get as many apples and oranges as we could possibly carry. So we tied knots in our sleeves and our jacket. We tied our hoodie uh, closed and we literally carried out somewhere between 75 and 100 apples and oranges. Because what we wanted to do was we wanted to throw them from our balcony dorm room across over the other building and hit the sliding glass doors on the girls' dorm. Brilliant, a lot of fun, right? Sounds awesome. And because so we're Floridians, many of us have sliding glass doors on our houses. And if I were to stand about 10 inches from my sliding glass door and throw an apple and hit it, it would go boom. Like it just, they're loud and they resound. There's a lot of bass and you know, just kind of that, it, it trembles and vibrates. And so we were going, this is a great idea. This is so, I'm so glad we came up with this. This is gonna be awesome. We waited for evening for nightfall because then they won't see us. You know, so we go out onto the balcony and we are launching just apples and oranges one after, I mean, we're talking fruit salad just flying across the air over the building and boom, boom. It, we weren't particular on the floor. We were trying to hit them all. We were all about it. Well, I mean, hello, it does not take long for security to figure out where all this is happening because we're talking five, 10 minutes past and fruit's flying and boom, boom, boom. And then <laughs> knock on the dorm room door, you know, and our heart stinks. <gasps> oh my God, like we didn't know that that was gonna happen. I mean, we're shocked that they found us. It just is so hilarious. And so sometimes correction comes to a fool when they experience tragedy. And that's just reality. That's just, you know, we face these things and we face the difficulty because we made some decisions and made orange juice, like drip down the, the, the dorm room doors. And, and so just regarding these, you know, tragedies though, gosh, there are times in our life when we make foolish decisions and, and unfortunate things happen as a result. You know, I make jokes about what I did in college and, you know, we can laugh about that, but there are probably plenty of examples of, of decisions that we've made where we ended up in a spot that we did not want to be. You know, we didn't want to be there and, and, and we experienced the tragedy, the difficulty, the pain that comes with those unfortunate decisions. But I wanted to share something encouraging with you because I know we all have done this. I don't care who you are, you've done some dumb stuff and so in that place, God does something amazing. He, he's so restorative in his nature. He wants to bring redemption. He wants to bring healing. If you experience something accidental, tragic, difficult, such a struggle and a battle, and you kind of shake your head and can't believe that you did that, and where you are, maybe it's even right now. I want to tell you, God does something incredible. That's who he is. He takes that difficulty and struggle and tragedy, and he turns it around. It talks about that in scripture, how God in his amazingness can turn things around and he then can receive glory for it. And so what that is, it's, you know, maybe the situation you're in right now or maybe what you did, you now can reach back and tell somebody else, hey, this is what I struggled with. This is, these are some of the decisions I make. Don't do them, please. You know, whether you're a parent or a mentor or a teacher or a leader of a small group or youth ministry, I mean, gosh, so many opportunities where we can pour out wisdom on others because of the pain that we've actually worked through. And so there's purpose. There's purpose in our pain. And so the first person is somebody who's simple. The second is somebody who is foolish. And the third one is a scoffer or a mocker. 
And so those are synonyms. Sometimes in verses it uses both. So the mocker, and what this is, it's, it's really a fool on steroids. Uh, there's no other way to put it because, you know, in who they are and what they do, they do something really interesting where they make all these foolish decisions, but they really try and control others around them. And oftentimes it's through criticism. Because they're a scoffer, they're a mocker, they're mocking what you do, who you are, the decisions you're making. And so they're just, they're basically launching insults at you to try and control who you are. And so they may say it to your face, they may not. They may say it behind your back. But one of the places that it seems that all of them seem to live is on social media. They love social media. They love trolling and and doing all these things and posting and all they want to do is they want to antagonize you. That's all they're trying to do. They're just trying to just, they're just trying to get a rise out of you. Sorry, I do my like, you know, invisible keyboard. But they're just trying to post something. They're just trying to get you to respond. They're trying to suck you into their foolishness on steroids and they're mocking what's going on. And so like, there's times when people will say, well, you know, I'm just playing devil's advocate. Last time I checked, that, that description starts with devil, and that's really what I see you as. Like, it's, a, it's a struggle for me right now, so come on. And so here, let's take a look at some of the verses in Proverbs 9, uh, 9 starting in verse 7. It says, anyone who rebukes a mocker will get an insult in return. Anyone who corrects the wicked will get hurt. So don't bother correcting mockers. They will only hate you. It's really, really interesting when you begin to, to, to look at Scripture and the reality of this. So, you know, if you talk to them and try and encourage them, they, they have no interest, zero interest in hearing your encouragement or your correction, none. In fact, they won't even listen to you. And so really, this type of person, the only way to help them is to pray for them. And so, like, we, we cry out to God and say, God, would you grab a hold of their heart and who they are? And so I just, I want to be just up front and say, I realize there might be some of you either here in the auditorium or watching online, that if I just described you, I, I described some of the, the characteristic, characteristics of your life and, and the things that you do and how you respond to people. And I just, I want to I share with you, there is a possibility that you might need to change. You might need to make a, a change in your life and how you do things so you can't remain in this place. And it's only through God, through God and his grace that he can grab a hold of your heart to bring that change because that's not who you want to be. That's not who you are. You're just doing it for some particular reason in your life. And so let's change that around. Let's adopt wisdom instead of mocking because that brings us to the fourth type of person and this is the one we all wanna be. So there's encouragement with this and this is a wise person, right? So we all wanna be wise, we wanna have wisdom. And the thing that's interesting about a wise person is they aren't always smarter, okay? Uh, Gaining knowledge is great. I love education. I love learning, absolutely reading. No doubt, I mean, read books and and gain knowledge. It's fantastic. But a person that applies their knowledge shows wisdom. So we're not necessarily saying that you've got to be smart to be wise. And you don't have to be older. You know, a lot of people will talk about, you know, wisdom and age. And I get that because a lot of life experience comes with that. But it, it, you can be a young person and still be wise. There's even a verse in Scripture that says that we can be wise beyond our years. And so if you're a teenager, college student, young person, like you can have wisdom in your life. And a wise person doesn't necessarily know the Bible better. 
Uh, it, it, you know, they may read scripture and, and they may know it in their head, but man, it doesn't mean that they know everything and that they're applying it to their life because that's what wisdom is. It's the application of this divine knowledge that the Lord gives to us. We have to have it in our life. And so really a wise person is simply teachable. Th th they're learning from God, they're learning from other people and they're applying it to their life and they realize they need it. They want it in their life. And so just, here's verse eight, let me read it again. It says, so don't bother correcting mockers, they will only hate you, but here's where the change happens. But correct the wise, and they will love you. Instruct the wise, and they will be even wiser. Teach the righteous, and they will learn even more. And so with somebody that's desiring wisdom or has wisdom, when you talk to them, you say, hey, I tried this, I looked at that, did you ever think about this? They will thank you. Hey, thanks so much. I appreciate you sharing that with me. Now, here's the reality. They may already be aware of what you're sharing. I mean, let's be honest. They may already know, but they're still gonna thank you. Why? Because they're appreciative of your desire to speak into their life. There's a big difference, because instead of being prideful, like, no, I already know that. It's like, no, no, hey, thank you so much, because you had me on, on your mind. I was on your heart, and you, you want me to see, you want to see me grow and get better. And so there's no pride with somebody who's wise. There's no ego in what's going on. In fact, it's quite the opposite. They're humble, and they're teachable. They want to learn and grow and expand in what God has for them. But the thing that's hard about that is far, far too often, self-reliance and independence are touted as positive things. Hey, you just, you just need to be strong on your own. You just need to stand your ground. You, I mean, gosh, in the corporate world, if, if, you, if you show just your desire to, to, to be with other people and stuff, it's like, man, well, what, you're weak. It, it reveals this weakness about you. You should be able to figure it out on your own. That's just not the godly way. That's not what God has for us. That's not wise. In fact, I would say that effective leaders... They are fully aware that they have not gotten to their place of leadership or their position of authority without the help of other people. We all have. Somebody along the way, they helped us in an interview, in a job opportunity, with some marital advice, parenting advice, whatever. Somebody helped us to get to that place. And so we, just, we, have, we have to realize we don't know it all. In fact, what they say about the best leaders is the best leaders are the type of people that are are willing to invite others in and around them in their circle that are actually better, more talented, smarter, more capable in and around their circle. Why? Why would they do that? Honestly, because if everybody collaborates together and you have a really solid team, the results that come after are even better than you trying to figure it out on your own. And so strong leaders know that. And so, gosh, they have wisdom, uh, they have humility, and we're attracted to that, aren't we? Just as human beings, we are naturally tr attracted to that. And those are godly attributes. I mean, th that's exactly what we're talking about here in this series, you know, that we would have wisdom and be humble in it. And so if you're, I feel like all of us at one point in time or another, we're one of the first three. Maybe you're in a couple of them right now. And so I just want to share with you, there's a better way, and it's God's way, and it's having wisdom. And so if you apply this in your life, it will absolutely change you in who you are. 
And so here's how we get it, right? I, I, I firmly believe that you understand and you get it. And you're like, okay, so I want it. And so here how, here's how you get it. In Proverbs 9, continuing in verse 10, it says, The fear of the Lord is the foundation of wisdom. Knowledge of the Holy One results in good judgment. And so this is not the type of fear where to be afraid, okay? So we're not talking about uh, being afraid of God, like he's angry at us, he's going to smite us. Because, I mean, God knows that there have been so many pastors along the way over, over the last several decades and stuff where they're like, you need Jesus, you're going to hell. Like, if you don't fall down on your knees, you're going to be done. He's going to come down and wipe you out. And, like, and it, like, I'm scared when I hear them. I'm going, ah, you know, that's scary. And that's not the type of church that we are. Like, God's not going to get you. God actually wants to rescue you in who you are in your situation. And so I can understand why the fear of the Lord would be confusing in that regard. But, but when we understand that our view of God actually will affect our relationship with him. And so if you're afraid of him, that will cause you to be distant from him. I mean, if you see God as angry and he's like shooting lightning bolts from heaven, who's going to want that? None of us. So we stay as far away as we can if we see him as angry. But if you see him as loving and caring and strong yet compassionate, then those are attractive characteristics, and that's truly who he is in his nature. And so the fear of God is actually to love him as a father, to understand the father figure that he is, the role that he is, because he's the perfect dad. You know, in the times when we need him most, he's right there. The times when we need his power and authority, hey, my dad's going to take care of this for me. You know, watch out, my dad's coming. I mean, that's what we're talking about. It's so significant in, in, in who he is, but he is full of mercy and full of compassion. And he's slow to anger. And the thing that's amazing to me is he actually forgives all of our sins. I don't know about you, but I've never had anybody do that. I mean, I've, have, you, have you ever had anybody just... Forgive everything you've ever done. Like, nobody treats us like that. Only God, only our Heavenly Father. He's the only one. And quite honestly, that's why I love Him so much. Because I'll do foolish stuff, I'll do dumb things, like alligator hunting with a, a, a surfboard. Are you kidding me? Like, and, uh, and plenty of other examples. It's like, and, but I can look to Him, and he, he draws me in, and He welcomes me back. And so the fear of the Lord is this awe, it's reverence. It's honoring him and who he is because he deserves it. Whether we give it to him or not doesn't determine whether he deserves it. He absolutely deserves it and he gets it. And so I just would invite you to live this type of life, having the fear of the Lord. And then with that comes wisdom to honor him and who he is. In fact, it talks about this in Psalms. Psalm 33 verse, verse 8, it says, Let the whole world fear the Lord and let everyone stand in awe of him. And so this aspect of our, our relationship with him is so vital. It's so important where we're willing to honor him and who he is, where we recognize him as holy and reverent because he's perfect. He's powerful. He's limitless. I mean, nothing is impossible with him. And so when we live in the fear of the Lord, we actually can live fearlessly 
Isn't that so interesting to think about? Like if we walk in just awe of him and honoring him, then we've got nothing to be afraid of because he's our dad. He's our father. He takes care of everything. And so I, I don't know about you, but I want that. And so I honor the Lord and I live just fearlessly and I go after it and I go after it hard and big and I, and I want more. And so I just want to encourage you, we've got to be desperate for him though. We've got to long for him. We've got to want him. We've, we have to want to be in connection with him. And, and even though he owes us nothing, he welcomes us in because we owe him everything. Everything, every aspect of our life, everything we have, all our relationships, all the sin that we carry, we give it to him and he wipes it all clean. That's what's amazing. Because he, was, he loves us so much, he sent his son Jesus who lived a perfect life, died for you and I so we could be cleansed and forgiven and we can live in the power that God gives to us through the Holy Spirit. We can live in walking in fear with him and live fearlessly. We can experience things that though they may seem impossible with God's supernatural power are possible. We can have that and we can live that out. But there's an extremely important first step in that. And it's where you take your life and all that you are and say, you know what, I've got to have Jesus. Because God is the Father, Jesus is the Son, and we get the Holy Spirit. But you've got to commit your life to Christ. That's so important. It, it, is, it is pivotal in order for all the divine wisdom to come as a result. And so maybe you're here in the auditorium and, and maybe you don't yet have a relationship with God. Maybe you haven't yet surrendered your life to Christ. And you know that you need to. And so this is the time, like absolutely now. You know, I, I, I'm not looking for eloquent words to try and trick you or convince you. I believe that there's the power of the Holy Spirit and he might be speaking to you right now. Maybe you feel some goosebumps or you feel a little bit of heat and pressure or you're going, how in the world did he know to, to say that? And so it's, it's the Holy Spirit speaking to you and he's drawing you into himself so that you can experience this change in life. And so in scripture, it says that we've got to confess with our mouth and believe in our heart that Jesus is Lord. So we confess with our mouth our sins and acknowledge that, that we're flawed. But then when we know who Jesus is and that he took the place for us, then new life comes as a result. Not that everything changes immediately, but what it is is this supernatural transformation because we are spiritual people. We're made with a spirit. That's why when we do something wrong, we feel guilty for it, because we have a conscience. God gives us that so we can recognize that. That's the Holy Spirit that speaks to us, that conviction. Maybe you need a change. Maybe now's the time. And so what I wanna do is I'm gonna just ask that everybody here in the auditorium, if you'd be willing to bow your head and close your eyes, if you're watching online, you know, just have this intimate moment with God, and I'm going to pray. And if you know you need to make a commitment to follow Christ, I would just ask that you pray along with me right now. Maybe you take my words and you make them your own, and then I will pray just a general overall prayer of wisdom for every single one of us. But if you know you need to commit to follow Christ, this is for you. Pray with me right now. Just maybe you say something like, God, I know I need you. God, thank you for loving me so much. I know I haven't loved you back, and I'm so sorry for that, but thank you for sending Jesus for me. Jesus, I believe that you're God's son. I know that you came and you lived a perfect life, and right now I commit to follow you. Would you please forgive me for all the things that I've ever done wrong, all the foolish things 
all the things that I knew I was doing that I wasn't proud of. God, would you take all that guilt and shame and remove it, all of it. Lord, right now I surrender to you. I commit to follow you from this moment, from this day, from this time, I will follow you. Whatever it takes, I know that your way is better and I submit to it and I wanna pursue after you with all that I am and all that you've given to me. I want to honor you in my life. And Father, I do pray, Lord, a, a supernatural just impartation of your wisdom in our lives. Lord, we need it, we want it. Uh, we know, God, we're desperate for it. So many of us, we have major decisions that we're encountering right now. And so, God, we cry out to you. We've tried our own way. We've looked at plan A and B. We've, we're at the fork in the road. And, God, we just, we're tired of trying on our own and our own intellect and our own humanness. So, God, would you do something divine? Would you even speak now through visions and prophetic words in, in our mind through, our, through your Holy Spirit? Decisions that need to be made. Places to go. People to associate with. Partners to align our life with. Lord, in Jesus' name, by your power and your goodness, you give us direction when we trust in you. And so, Father, we want that to be wise. We want it to be divine from you and you alone. Thank you for your favor that you speak to us, that you give to us. Lord, we receive it. Lord, help us to pursue after you like never before. In Jesus' name.